For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. People say they're in pain a lot, and you as a physician or nurse, whoever's at that point of care, has to make the decision, mm -hmm. you know, pretty quickly, is this legitimate pain right. or not pain? Because the reality of the situation is there are a lot of people who are looking for relief where, you know, maybe they don't actually need, right, right? you know, for example, opioids or things of that right, nature, right? right? Um, the problem that we face as, as Black patients trying to come in to that environment is that the assumption that maybe this isn't as serious right. happens a lot more for black patients than it does for any other race. Right. Right. They're just not taking it serious. 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 Welcome to Wow Black a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all Black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Glad to have you here with us again. You got Vince with you, like always. And today is... It's a real special topic. Special because it's it matters so much to everything we do. So, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the medical field while Black. I want to jump directly into introducing our guest. So, our guest today is Dr. Blue. He's a young Black MD specializing in neurology and doing his residency at a top-ranked program. His focus throughout med school was on mentoring black pre-med students in hopes of increasing our representation on his side of the stethoscope. While Black became aware of Dr. Blue after a Twitter post he pinned went viral last year as it demonstrated the need for both diversity and cultural competence in medicine. Don't worry, we'll get into that post a little bit later in the show. But for now, we want to welcome Dr. Blue and get to know him just a little bit better. Brother, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You feeling good? I mean, you know what I'm saying? We uh, we out here, you know, and it, it, it feels good to be here. I'm, I'm ready to speak my truth, as it were. Amen. Tell the people just a little bit more about you. Uh, well, yeah, uh, as mentioned, and to be actually completely honest, right, uh, I am graduating from medical school in right. two days. 
Congratulations. Thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. Uh, and so as of right now, I'm student doctor. But if you holler at me in three days, you can actually call me full doctor. So <laughs> we'll work at that then. I've had this experience. Uh, you know, you, you grow up, you, you, you're, you're born black, you grow up black. You know, True. I've been black my whole life. And so... Um, All we I've, know is black. I'm saying. And so, I've, you know, I've had this unique experience um, coming through medical school uh, as a black student and seeing... You know, our people uh, and how, you know, they're treated. And like you mentioned earlier, not everyone has the same experience. But you do notice certain things from this side of the stethoscope, as right. it were. Um, and that's kind of where the, the Twitter thread came from. And I guess that's why I'm here now. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, listeners, I've been trying to get Dr. Blue on the show for quite a while. And so I am thrilled to have him here with us today. But I want you to get to know him. And you know how we do it here. so. It's time for our wild black shit. All right. So, this is a fun one. Oh, Lord. This is really going to test your doctoring skills here. Oh, God. You ready? Right, here goes. Here goes. All right. You have a very serious condition. Very serious. And you need medical treatment stat. Now, I say stat because they always say that in TV doctor shows, and it's highly relevant here. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> you get to choose your doctor. Of the list that I'm going to read, which doctor do you choose? Specialty doesn't matter. Okay. All right. We got five. A, Bill Cosby as Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable from The Cosby Show. Uh-huh. B, Malcolm Jamal Warner as Dr. A.J. Austin from the current show, The Resident. Mm-hmm. Bomb-ass show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chandra Wilson as Dr. Miranda Bailey from uh-huh. Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. D, Denzel Washington as Dr. Philip Chandler on St. Elsewhere. That's old school. Y'all okay. old school people out there. Right. And E, Sean Renee Wilson as Dr. Mina Okafor, also <laughs> from The Resident. <laughs> Who you going to and why? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, all right. I'm going a, I'm to a go by process of elimination all right, here. All so, right. uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Denzel Washington is a man of many talents. So right. I you don't know if I'm saying that. He right. probably played a doctor. I didn't know that personally, so I can't really speak to his skills as a doctor. Right. Denzel, sure you great. out of here, baby. So it's Denzel over. out. Just off the strength of everything that has happened recently, I, I got to I gotta let go of <laughs> Dr. <Cliff>. Huxtable. <laughs> Heathcliff, you out of here. I'm sorry. Ain't I'm nobody sorry. trying to get drugged yeah, and drugged. Yeah, got to gotta let him go. Got to let him go. Which leaves Dr. Dr. AJ Warner. Yeah. Oh, Miranda. Man. And Mina. Man. It's getting tough. It is tough. I would probably go with Dr. Okafor. Why Dr. Okafor? Now, you might think it's because I'm Nigerian and she's Nigerian. It's all good. That's not the reason why. Uh There is one episode on The Resident. I don't know those of y'all listeners that that watch The Resident. I haven't missed one, but I love that show. There was an episode, I think it was season one, Mm -hmm. um, where she was caught um, taking drugs out of the hospital Mm -hmm. back home. Uh, and she was doing that because the people that were living in her, in her complex yep. needed medical care and couldn't afford it. Yep. Someone, you know, obviously I'm not out here advocating for, for stealing <laughs> medications or anything like that. You feel her passion. But the, the heart, the heart, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the intentions are there. Some, a doctor like that is a doctor that I want taking care of me. I can feel you on that. I can feel you. And now me, it was, it was A.J. Austin, the Raptor, just because, man, the— the confidence that brother exudes. Um, the fact that he talks about his, his hands can do anything. I believe him. 
<laughs> it's true. And they had a really good episode a couple of weeks ago that maybe we'll touch on today. I'm not the one, sure. If you can do the one where they showed the 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 black woman right. gave birth and passed, which by the way, black mm-hmm. women are three and a half more three and a half times more likely to pass post childbirth than white women are in this country. We are ranked 50 out of 59 of the leading technological countries when it comes to post-childbirth deaths. And it's getting worse, by the way. It's not getting better. The disparities are real, for sure. That's a true story. Got some facts, baby. All right, I'll see you with the stats. (laughs) Okay, signature question here at Wild Black. What do you love most about life, Wild Black? It's interesting because... I didn't really I really didn't have an understanding of my life while mm-hmm. black really until I got to college. Right. Um I grew up uh in a suburban area. Right. Uh, predominantly white area. And so uh to uh when I got to college and met other uh African Americans and and continental Africans and Caribbean Islanders and everyone who was um you know who were all kind of like shooting for the same goal that I was and whatnot. That's really where I got my experience. Um, and so the thing that I appreciate the most about, you know, while black is the diversity within Amen. the diaspora. Right. Right. Uh, I think, like I just mentioned, you know, I, I went to uh, went to college up in North Carolina and man, I mean, people from all over the world, everyone with their you know, own little twists right. to the culture. But at the same time, we're all in there with the with the music and the rhythm and then like the the drive and the focus and the motivation when the time comes to get things done. Right. Um, you know, the community is just, it's unrivaled. And for, you know, people from all over the world to, to be able to come together and still say, right. you know, we, we, you know, we black, right? We holding it down here. Right. You know, in this, in this college where there's not a lot of us here, but we still holding it down for us. And that's, that's something that I love. For sure. I love, we are black. We are different, yet we are the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to get into the dope quote. All right. Now, the dope quote is a thematic for the episode, right? Mm-hmm. It anchors the majority of things that we talk about. Most dope quotes come from the mouth of an African-American or the pen of an African-American. Some don't. Most do. But they all have impact on the culture and the community. So I'm going to read today's. Doctors, like all other people, are subject to prejudice and discrimination. While bias can be a problem in any profession, in medicine, the stakes are much higher. Damon Tweedy from his book, Black Man in a White, a White Coat, Coat, a doctor's reflection on race and medicine. One I assumed you'd be familiar with. I did read that book. Right. When you hear that quote, what do you think? <sighs> I mean, it's accurate. Right. <laughs> um, and do- Dr. Tweedy would know, I mean, if you read his book, you know, the things that he went through you know, going through medical school, being right. mistaken as the janitor. Yep. Right. Um, and then, you know, as I mentioned, you know, just being on this side of the stethoscope and seeing how other doctors handle um, African-American patients. Right. Um, you know, you, there's this, it's a, it's, it's a balance that you have to strike because, right. you know, you're, you're trying to advocate for people who may not be able to advocate for themselves. Right. Right, while also trying to make it through and pick up as much knowledge as you can, make good grades and all those things. Uh, it's, right. a, it's, definitely, it's definitely a bit of a struggle, but right. worth it right. every right. time. When I, when I hear it, what it, where it takes me to is that I think there, there are some professions in which the everyday population feels our exceptions, or at least sh- should be exceptions to the cultural issues that plague our country in general, right? And 
we all know, most of us know and admit that there is racism. There are issues with cultural competence. There's bias. There's, there's both implicit and explicit. And it's, it's all, through our, all through our country. It's all through our world. It's, it's built inside of us, right? Bias is a part of every single person. And I think that there are some people who believe that certain professions are immune to that. I believe that there are people who believe police and law enforcement is immune to that. And I think even more so that there are a lot of people who believe that doctors in the medical field are immune to that. And that's why I think episodes like what we're talking about today and what they just did on The Resident is so important because it brings light to the fact that people are people, humans are humans, no matter what it is that they do for a living. And that we need to find a way collectively to overcome the bias that's built inside of us. I don't know that we can get rid of it, but I do believe we can overcome it, right? You can, you can find yourself in a place where you recognize when your bias kicks in. And then you begin to fight back against that bias to remain as objective as possible. Absolutely. And Absolutely. in the medical field, I can't think of a place that's more important, right? Right. There's life and death in a lot Absolutely. of cases. Absolutely. Right? Because so. you as a person with all your biases, all your issues, and all your complications are in control of someone else's health, well-being, and in many cases, life. And if you can't find a way to compartmentalize the things that are bubbling inside of you, maybe they're deep down, then you risk that coming out and impacting that patient care. Especially when they're at their most vulnerable. Because Absolutely. a lot of the times you're seeing these patients, they're coming in, they've been dealing with this thing with their body, they don't know what's going on, right. and they're trusting that you, you know, who's trained and should have knowledge on this subject, are going to do your best to help them figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Um, and that's something that's, that's hard, especially, you know, for, for Black Americans to have to do with, given the history right. of, you know, uh, of Black America and the, and the healthcare complex, you know, talked about the Tuskegee syphilis incident right. and, and other situations where that trust has been wildly violated. Right. It's so. just destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so, listeners... Um, both our white listeners, black listeners, all listeners, if you don't have a good understanding of what we're talking about when a doctor's bias can creep into his or her behavior and professionalism on the job, we've talked about the show already again, but I do want to go back and say this recent episode of The Resident, I felt, please weigh in, Mm -hmm. did a really, really good job of bringing that to light and showing how it, it progressively moves from a situation that's highly positive to a situation that's bad. And I think it did a good job of even showing the doctor and the fact that perhaps he wasn't even aware of his own bias. And I I thought that was a beautiful way to put it because it is truly a tough situation. And the, the events you see depicted are based on the real life of a woman who passed from this same situation. And I, I definitely ask you to go and watch it. I can be very honest it is an episode that had me in tears, as I said, next to my wife watching, because I've watched her go through childbirth twice. Mm. And I recognize that, again, going back to the stats, that black women are three and a half times more likely to succumb after childbirth. Right. It just takes you to a place where that could have been her. That could have been me on the floor crying. Go ahead, brother. You were going to say something. Yeah, you know, the... the uh... Yeah, the episode, it, please go and watch it if you get a chance. I'm pretty sure it's season two, episode 20. Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you're right. A lot of things start off innocently enough. Right. You know, um, she's like in a little bit of pain after the, after everything, you know, and it's very common. And I think um, 
especially from, from the medical side, people say they're in pain a lot. And you as a physician or nurse, whoever is at that point of care, has to make the decision mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly, is this legitimate pain right. or not pain? Because the reality of the situation is there are a lot of people who are looking for... For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Relief where, you know, maybe they don't actually need... Right. Right, you know, for example, opioids or things of that right, nature. Right, right. Um, the problem that we face as as black patients trying to come in to that environment is that the assumption that maybe this isn't as serious right. happens a lot more for black patients than it does for any other race. Right, right. They're just not taken as seriously. Right, uh, and that leads to this ridiculous disparity. Right, uh, and so it's a. Uh, just to see how it goes from just a simple thing as, you know, like, hey, we didn't really follow up or, you know, we're busy and this, that, and the third to we need to get her into surgery now to right. it's too late. What happened? Where did we where did we drop the ball? There's right. a lot of places right. that the ball got right. dropped. And right. uh, and uh, there's there's no quick, simple, you know, solution or pill for dealing with the bias. Yeah. Uh, and so it was it was something. Something that I've always said is there's so many like socioeconomic and 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 mental issues issues with bias that we need to deal with in order for the healthcare system to really like thrive here in the U.S. And there's not just one solution. True. Because um, if there was, it'd be so much more simple than right. it really is. You know, and that can be frustrating. Yeah. Uh, that can be frustrating. But uh, you know, just got to take it one step at a time. Do what you can when you're in that position. All right. So let's kind of twist our focus. Now let's talk about you a little bit and then move into some of these core questions. Okay. What made you want to become a doctor? Uh, well, uh, the simple answer is, um, you know, I saw my dad. My dad's a doctor. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Pops. Yeah, yeah. He, he held it down. Both my parents did. I mean, you, I, I would work in his clinic occasionally. You see the way, you know, he walked into a room and... Just key keying it up with his patients, <laughs> just having a grand old time, and uh, and I was like, that's that's the way a relationship should be. Nice, you know. And then when he was serious with them, because he needed to be serious with them, they understood him and respected him. Um, so that I mean, just seeing that growing up was enough for me to say, okay, I definitely want to do this. So you are specializing in neurology, right? Yes, sir. Break that down for us. Yeah, a lot of people are really confused, you know, when it comes to neurology. They're like, what is that? That's nerves, right? What do nerves do? Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, neurology. All I know is my mama told me I was getting on hers many times uh, growing up. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Just Maybe not, she needed a neurologist. Not something we could do for that, man. I think you're just a bad kid. But um, with uh, neurology, it's a very broad field, actually. Well, tell me, my mom's um, in her goddamn nerve. That's another story. Go do, ahead. Sorry, brother. Do, <laughs> the brain controls pretty much every part of the body. Right. Right. And then you have nerves that run from the brain and the spinal cord all throughout into your arms and legs and all over. It pretty much controls everything from what you see to what you hear, how you feel, how you move. Right. Uh, and so neurology is uh, a specialty that handles those particular aspects. Um, there's a number of subspecialties in there. So people that have strokes, right. right? A stroke is literally a blood clot that happens in an artery in the brain right. that prevents oxygen from getting to those tissues, right? right? And so the brain itself ends up dying out and you're unable to either speak or move or feel something as a result. That's the definition of a stroke. Hmm. Neurologists handle that in the hospital when someone comes in for a stroke. Um, headaches, right? Migraines, that's right. something that neurologists handle. Common ones people also know, Parkinson's, like movement right. disorders yeah, and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, so those things factor in as well. Wow, had no idea. Indeed. What's it like being black in the medical field? Man, I think the patients make the job, for right. sure. Um, I can't tell you how many times when I was, even in the, the urban hospital that I ended up working at for the majority of my third year, it had majority black patients, um, but I don't think I met a single black physician in the year I was working there. Wow. And so whenever the patients came and I, you know, had the luxury of seeing one of them, right. um, you know, they're like, you're going to be a doctor? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, like the shock and then, and then the pride. Right. And that's really, that really carried me right. uh, a lot of the way through is, you know, I'm asking them questions. I'm getting their history. We're going back and forth. But like the whole time you can just see in their eyes, they're, they're just beaming. like, they're so happy to see. Yes. It's like, you're literally like my child. Like, yes. That's love. Thank you. You know, and that, and that anytime I had uh, an experience like that, man, it, it gave, it gave me just another Shot in the in, in the in the butt to keep going, man. It was that. it was great. So. Well, so you brought up medical school lack of color. So mm -hmm. the numbers that I saw said that at least in 2014 and 15, right. that um, six percent of medical school graduates are black, mm -hmm. five percent were Hispanic. What do you think leads to those numbers being so low? It's a good question, and it's multifactorial. Right. All right. The, one of the biggest things is people do what they see, right? You know, in medical school and in undergrad, we, I would go, uh, you know, to local middle schools, local high schools, you know, trying to mentor, you know, kids coming up and what have you. And, you know, one of the first questions I ask them is like, hey, what do you, you know, what are you trying to do in life? Where are you trying to be? Right. Um, and the reality of the situation is a lot of the time, in fact, the majority of the time I got one of two answers, right? right? Athlete or some type of music career, right? Right. So, and the reality of the situation is that's what they see all the time. And so that's what they think, you know, needs to be their, their goal. And so to not see black doctors, right, coming in and saying like, hey, this is something you can do, right? Or mm -hmm. black coders or, you know, you know, black, you know, business owners or what, like to not see that as often, Right, compared to, you know, you know, watching the NBA or, you know, like I said, listening to the, the latest album that just dropped. Right. Right. Um, it's it's not something that they feel like is is feasible for them. Right. And so um 
laying out a, a game plan to get to medical school in particular right. is something that I've like taken a lot of pride in doing um, for, for kids in middle school and high school. And, um, you know, and I try to follow up on with as many of them as I can, right. um, you know, to try to make sure, Hey, like, you know, is this something that you're doing? You know, are you, are you, where do we need to adjust the plan? Are you tracking towards yeah. this goal? Um, and so it's going to take a lot more of us doing that. And that's going to take time because, you know, as you mentioned, there's not a lot of us right, right. now, right. uh, in the field. All right. So let's start talking about being a black doctor. So. We all hear the stories. We, we see them in movies where a black doctor, like, like, like Dr. Tweedy, like mm-hmm. the fact that he was mistaken for the janitor, right? Or when people say, are you a real doctor? Things like yeah. that. Have you ever found yourself in a position where your authority, your knowledge has been questioned because of your blackness? Or have you seen it happen? Me personally, I've had more likely, it's not when I'm actually going into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually if... Uh, Someone's asking me, you know, and it's even and the funny thing is, is it happens with, you know, both white people and black people. Right? right. I'll say, you know, or I would say like, hey, I'm in medical school. And they're like, oh, you're trying to be a nurse or you're trying to be a PA. <laughs> right. The assumption is right. that, oh, you're trying to be a doctor, doctor. Right. <laughs> and the, the, like there's so, you know, some the shock is there. The surprise is there because right. it's not expected. Right. Right. And it's not expected if we're being completely honest solely because I'm a black guy. Right. right. You know, like if I was a white guy and I said, hey, I'm in medical school, they would probably assume, right. yeah, right. I'm just going to be a doctor. As far as direct patients, um, as I mentioned, as a medical student, there is, generally speaking, the uh, attending or like a medical assistant will ask the patient if they want to see a medical student or not. Right. Um, and so usually, you know, sometimes they'll say no because they don't want a student. They want the real doctor and right. that's fine. Uh, but there has been a couple of occasions in aforementioned Timbuktu rural <laughs> clinic where I was at, that's pretty much where it happened most of the time. Where you know they'd say, "Yeah, sure," and then I would come in, and then they would say, "They just want. kid." <laughs> yeah. So and like I said, they don't come out here and say that, right? Um, you know, no one has. At least I haven't personally had the experience of I don't want this black doctor. Give me a white doctor, but it's pretty yeah. obvious. You yeah, can, it's, it's clear. What you can, it you is. can tell what the reason is. Um, and you know, so when those things happen there, it is disappointing and it's a little demoralizing. Right. Um, but like I said, usually at some other point during the day, I'll have one of my black patients come in. That's just so proud of me that it'll, it'll wipe that. That's a good out. outweigh to bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, humans are humans. People are people, right? right? So when you find yourself in those situations, is there any recourse that you have? Where do your protections come in? Like, is there anything that, any recourse that you have, is there any, anything in place to help black doctors or doctors of color to manage that? Because it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on the level where you're at. As a medical student, all I could do in, that, in those instances when they happened was to go back to my attending, the, mm-hmm. the, the doctor teacher, and say like, hey, <laughs> decided they didn't want me. And usually, um, um, and he was a white attending, right. he, you know, he would recognize, okay, like, I, I know why it. this is happening, too. And he was just like, all right, well, just go ahead, and in the back, I'll see you. And that was that. So, gotcha. like, I was just kind of left to handle it myself. Um, in other situations, um, it's more likely that, um, you know, when you get to resident status or attending mm-hmm. status, where you're a full-fledged doctor, you can, you know, decide, look, I'm here to treat you, 
And I've seen, this is just kind of anecdotally seeing what other doctors have dealt with in this situation. Right. You can decide, look, this is the doctor you have. I'm going to treat you. I'm not worried about all this other stuff that you're talking about with you on a white doctor in the second and third. Right. Why are you here? Let's get you filled right. And usually, in those cases, you'll see like people turn around and be like, wow, I was, you know, I was an ass. The other thing that can happen is, you know, because we are human, right? That type of thing happens enough and you're just like, I just don't even want right. to go through all this right now. And then you get one of your colleagues to just be like, can you come see this patient? Uh, and if your colleague is an ally, because I have seen this happen too, your right. colleague will reprimand the patient themselves and be right. like, look, this is what you're dealing with, you know, um, and, and that can be um, encouraging. As well. Allies are important. Some, sometimes you can't fight the battle yourself. That's real. Yeah, some, some, sometimes it's just not healthy. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way regularly right now because of what I do here on Wild Black. I'm constantly forward or bombarded with anything that happens while black. Mm -hmm. I love it, but at the same time, it absolutely has an effect on, on you. you. It wears on you. Sometimes sure. you have to take a break. Yep. I wanna I wanna talk about what happened that led to your tweet going viral. All right. And it's got everything to do with the combination of cultural competency and diversity in medicine. Mm -hmm. And as you tell the story for, for our listeners, just listen to them really carefully because this is a great example of the power and the need for diversity, period. This is not just a white doctor who was flippant and didn't pay attention to a black patient. This is, a, this is an example of when we speak different languages and the power that diversity has to help us all move forward. Break it down, brother. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this was... Uh... I was uh, doing my, uh, you know, neurology uh, sub-internship is what we call it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so typically speaking, we will um, go see our patients individually. Um, you know, we would each have like five patients or what have you. And then we all come together as the team, the doctors, the residents, and the medical students. And then we all go around and see all the patients. When you get to your patient, you talk about your patient and what have you. Right. And share plans and everything of that nature. Just kind of set the scene there. Um, that's called rounds, right? You might see that on Grey's Anatomy Stat. or what have you. Right? <laughs> Give me the <laughs> number nine some medical terms in there. <laughs> um, this patient was not actually my patient. It was one of my classmates' patients. Uh, we did a pre-round where we looked at his scans, um, and his scans were pretty indicative that, uh, you know, he probably had this disease called MS, multiple sclerosis, mm -hmm. um, which uh, is... Uh, Basically, you have these attacks. Your your body attacks your own neurons mm -hmm. uh, and makes it very difficult for your neurons to do what they normally do, whether it's sensation or movement or what have you, depending on the particular neuron. And so um, the MRI, the brain scan, was pretty clear that that's what was happening here. Right. But, uh, and so um, we go and see this guy, young black guy, probably in his 30s. Um, and, uh, you know, so the the... My classmate kind of walks us through, well, this is the patient, so on and so forth. And we already know, the whole team already knows, okay, this is the diagnosis, right? Um, and so we are going to let our attending, who's over the entire team, mm -hmm. kind of talk to the patient and explain everything. So the attending, and he actually did a, I mean, he, he did a solid job, you know, like, you know, he did a good job explaining, hey, this is what you have, um, you know, and uh, this is what we're going to need to do moving forward. I mean, he's really one of the best neurologists I know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he did his, his standard um, kind of procedure. And I'm looking at the patient as he's talking to him. And his eyes are just, 
If y'all can't over. see what I'm saying, it's just like glassed over, you know, just like this and the third. And my attending finished his spiel. Probably the same look a whole lot of you all, myself included, have upon occasion when you're being explained something that you truly don't get, but you also don't necessarily want to say you don't get it. And that's exactly, and I could tell that's exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, my attending asked after he was done with the spiel, hey, do you have any questions? I said, nah. And I was like, I know he didn't get everything that would just happen. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Um, but it wasn't my patient. So, and, you know, to be honest, I had no intention of doing anything because mm-hmm. it wasn't my patient. Uh, it wasn't until we went back and did what we call post rounds where we mm-hmm. kind of summarize everything that we just saw. Um, and, uh, and post rounds, you're not doing that with the patient. No, no, no. That, no, is, that is you separate. all collectively Absolutely. as a group of doctors. Right. You, you, We're you, you, in a different debrief, room, basically. debriefing, basically okay. talking about, you know, uh, what we had just seen with our patients, if there's any changes we need to make in the plan or what have you. Right. Um, and uh, doing that, you know, we came up to that particular patient. And like I said, my attending... Um, just noted, you know, it seemed like he was a little apathetic. Seemed like he didn't really care as much. Right. All right. You know, like I said, and everyone kind of was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, like a little chuckle or what have you. And moved on to it. The The moment itself lasted maybe like two or three seconds. So it, the, the attending in this case interpreted the patient's reaction. Reaction as, as not caring. Like a daisy. Right. Okay, just gotcha. like us, whatever. Gotcha, you know, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Which, to and, be fair, is probably something he sees often. Right. right. You know, there are patients who you're right. There are patients who don't care. Who are like, I'm here. Just let me let me get out of the hospital so I can right. go back to my life or what. Right. Um, but I knew that wasn't the case with this particular patient. Mm-hmm. Right. As a as a medical student in that situation, um, you know, you kind of have to consider how am I going to go about like handling the situation because now we have a patient who is probably not going to be involved in his own care as much. Because he doesn't get what's going on and because the team right. is assuming he doesn't care. So they're just going to do this, that, and the third right. to do what they can to get him better, right? Which is what they're trained to do. Right, But right. he wouldn't be a full participant in it. And right. I think that's important, right, to have the patient be a full participant in their care. So after that was, um, after we finished post rounds, I went back to the patient myself, right? And I said, you know, hey, like, did you understand everything, you know, that guy said? And yeah, like I said, it was like a look of relief. On his face, is like, nah, man, like, <laughs> how do you know, like, what's going on? And I was like, all right, let me break it down for you. Right? And I literally, I mean, I like, you know, I said the same thing my attending said, but I said it, you know, a lot slower, right. as, you know, and I was like, look, this is what, I mean, I broke it down way more because, you know, c- certain patients, it just depends on where they're at. Right. You know, you got to be able to know, like, kind of uh, where they're at in that situation. And so, you know, it, the guy didn't even realize that multiple sclerosis hits the brain, right? right. So, he had 
leg weakness. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking something was wrong with his leg, where in fact, mm-hmm. something was wrong with his brain that was messing up his leg. Right. right? And so after I finished my explanation, you know, he hits me with a, oh, so it's my brain that's a problem, <laughs> right? After all the stuff that we went through, with the, he didn't even realize that he had a brain issue, right? The dude had a brain scan and didn't realize that he had a brain issue. And so those are the types of things where like, right. you know, and that's why we're there, you know, like I said, when I was a medical student and anyone, if, you're, if there's any medical students who's listening now, as part of the medical team, you are equally as important as a resident, or as the attending, because it's your job to pay attention to those details that right. might be missed, right? Um, and be able to advocate for your patients in that way, right? right? And so I spent a lot more time with them because I had the time, right? right? The attending had like 30 patients that you had to see. I only had five. Right, right, right. right. And so I had the time to sit down and be like, look, this is what we're dealing with here, and we're going to need this from you. We're going to need this from you, and you're going to have to follow up, and you're going to have to take these medications if you want to make sure that it doesn't get worse. As a matter of fact, um, as I was starting to wrap up, you know, and, and everything, it seemed like he started to understand what was going on. Another resident walked in uh, and because they were going to get uh, a lumbar puncture, which is where, you know, you basically like kind of puncture the spinal cord. Sounds and, painful, brother. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you get some fluid out um, right. because in multiple sclerosis, there's a protein um, that can be found in spinal fluid that can confirm the diagnosis. Gotcha. So we needed to get that fluid out. Just like a spinal tap? Yeah, it's a spinal okay. tap. That's gotcha. literally what it is. Gotcha. Um, but the resident what? came in. Of course, he didn't know that I was in there, like, breaking everything down. And he was just like, all right, we need to get your spinal fluid in this and the third. And immediately, patient went back to like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. You about to do what to me? And looks to me like, do I need this? Now, he, now right. you've got his trust. Now, now I've got his trust, Right. right? And so I'm, I'm like, okay, hold on. Just give me a second. I talked to my resident. I was like, just give me a second. Let me explain it to him. So I broke it down. I was like, this is why we need it. This is what we need. It's not going to be that painful. I promise. Like, it'll be in and out. You'll be in good shape. And he was like, all right, okay. And then he signed the, signed the paperwork. And I, like, having someone to advocate on his behalf was like a major key. Right. So that's the whole story. What's the takeaway from everything? And you, 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 hit, you hit on it beautifully at the beginning. All right. It's not that my attending should have been black and he would have caught it. Right. Right? Because it's a team effort as a whole. It's that I was on the team being able to represent for, you know, um, someone who can read a face and see that this is what's going on. Right. Right? He needs to just, like, have it kind of gone over one more time rather than apathy, right? Or, you know, just like, oh, I don't care. It is what it is. Right. Um, having someone on that team that's able to recognize that difference right. is important. Right. Um, and so um, I actually went back to my attending after I went and talked to the patient. And I told, I told him, I was like, hey, I just wanted to be real with you. I don't think it was apathy or Karen. I think he legitimately didn't understand. And he was afraid to tell you mm-hmm. that he didn't understand because he, we, there was like nine people standing in there. And he didn't want to look like an idiot saying, like, I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. Right. Um, and my attending, you know, they was like, yeah, I think you're right. And I appreciate you going back and talking to him. And, you know, and we got some good feedback from it. It was a great conversation. Uh, and everything kind of worked out okay. And uh, as far as I know, he's doing well, the patient. So. Bro, that's, a, that's an awesome story, man. It, is it, it, just, is. it just does such a good job of going back and, and proving out why diversity is important. And in this case, it's not just diversity of color or ethnicity. It is truly diversity of color, diversity of ethnicity, of thought processes, of historical experiences. Like, it is true 
diversity because as a as a medical doctor, you need to be able to reflect the whole of society. Mm-hmm. And society represents all of that. Right. So to truly meet the patients where they are, you have to get it. You, I think you have to have been there in some form or fashion. Right. So right. I think I think it says a lot to you. But question I have from a cultural competence standpoint, mm-hmm. excluding diversity in this moment, talking specifically about cultural competency, do you think that it's possible for a non-black doctor to demonstrate a high enough level of cultural competency to be extremely effective consistently yes. in his patient treatment. Good. Yes. Good, good. And I, I say that because I've seen it. Good. good. I've had attendings who were um, on point all the time. One of my favorite, one of my favorite attendings, a neurologist as well, mm-hmm. um, that I had during third year was on point. A lot of his, he had a pretty good mix, probably 50% African-American patients, 50% right. um, white, maybe like 3% other or what have you. But um, like he was on point with it. I mean, just listening to him and how he interact with his patients and everything like mm-hmm. that. And he didn't have to like fake or put on any big like, oh yeah, you know, I'm down with the crew or what have you. And right. He didn't have to do anything like that, but he understanding where they were coming from right. and making sure they knew that, hey, I'm listening to you. Right. Let me make sure, you know, we have that time. And like I said, even this attending in the, in, in, in the, in the Twitter thread, right. you know, for me to go back to have the confidence to be able to say, I can go back and talk to him about this and right. don't have to do this. It speaks and, like, volumes to his character. It speaks up to, yeah, because right. he was willing to say like, hey, yeah, you're right. You know, it might have been something that we missed. And I appreciate you going back and taking the time. That's why we have the team there. Right, right. right? And so um, it's definitely possible. As I'm saying that, there are also a lot of physicians who just don't take the time. Right. There are a lot of physicians who are just jaded, who came right. in gung-ho, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to save the world. Right. Um, and then we're hit with the reality of the United States healthcare system. Right. Um, and just are just trying to kind of get through the day. Right. And sometimes miss it. Right. With patients. And, and that, can be, that can be frustrating, but it's something that I know that I signed up for. Right. And so I, I promise, I've had many of my uh, you know, whether it was staff members or other people that I've worked with say, hey, don't ever lose this energy that you have. Don't ever get jaded. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to. Right. It's going to be difficult, you know, dealing with these things as they come up, right. um, as I have more and more responsibility going through residency and then as an attending, but it'll be worth it. It'll I'm glad you it. said that. Because that's something I, I wanted to ask. When I'm 43, Three, almost said forty-two. Forget, I'm so old, I forget my age at times now, right? So I you look had, good for forty-three. Hey, All right, I know. that's my mom and dad. They did it for me. Come on now. <laughs> but um, I've had I've had experiences with doctors, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've noticed is some doctors' bedside manner is amazing, and some isn't. And, mm-hmm. and granted, that is my interpretation of their bedside manner. It's accurate. Tons of things factor into that. But I'm always sensitive to it because what I what I recognize is that say you're a doctor and you have been attached to your patients. You get close enough to them so that they feel cared for. They feel like damn near loved, right? You, right. They feel that for you. And over a 20-year career, you have watched so many of these people that you care about die right. and suffer. So there's a part of me that understands why some doctors begin to disassociate themselves from the patients that they take care of. 
Now, I think, unfortunately, it does have an impact on the care, right. not maybe from a scientific or from a technical standpoint, right. but from absolutely from an emotional and a holistic uh-huh. standpoint. So how do you plan to keep that from happening, to keep the same energy and the same care, knowing that you've got some tough days ahead of you taking care of patients who are suffering? Yeah. So when you look back 20 years, what's your plan to make sure you stay this empathetic, compassionate, listening, caring doctor? Well, I think one of the biggest things is there's people that I can look to. Right. Right. Um, I look at my dad. I mean, he's been practicing, how long has it been now? I guess something like 30, well, it's coming on 25, 30 years, something like that now. Right. Um, Pops, can I get a loan? <laughs> just asking. I mean, um, he's somehow, even now, as he's seeing patients, like I said, I can still hear that jovial, just like, hey, how's it going? You know, um, I so I think, I think it's in my blood. I think it's right. in my genetics um, that I'll be able to stay strong. Um, I think... You know, just to keep in mind the reason why I'm doing this, right? right. Um, you know, you mentioned the fact that people are people get jaded, but there is also, unfortunately, people that are let into medical school that just don't have empathy, right, at all, right. Classmates or co-residents that you look at and you're like, how <laughs> were they allowed? <laughs> Did they just? Did they fake empathy at the interview and then come here because what I'm seeing with them is the, is the reality of the situation. Right. Um, but they're really smart. Right. They're really smart. They know their stuff, you know, and so they're very impressive on paper. And that's, you know, typically what gets, but when it comes to, you know, patient care, you know, it's, it's not there in that sense. They think patient care is, okay, I know this diagram that I learned for this particular disease. So I'm just going to go down the list and make sure it's done. Right. right. As far, instead of, this is a person. Right. This is a human being who needs care. Right. And so I need to just make sure, and it's, it's not going to be difficult for me um, to make sure that I'm looking at my patients as patients. Right. And not problems to be solved. Right. It's almost like science makes a good doctor, but science, compassion, and empathy can make an amazing, amazing doctor. doctor. A great Absolutely. Doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that. Okay. Two questions left. All right. Um, and, and I'll lead this question with a very, not even a story, but my feelings, right? Okay. So as a black man in 2019 in America, I'm angry, right? I am not punching walls, mm-hmm. um, but I'm rageful, right? And it, it relates all the way back to a James Baldwin quote that's actually the basis of this show. It's, ah. it's when you become relatively conscious that it's yeah. also associated with rage, right? right. Mm-hmm. So... I funnel that anger and that rage into parenting. I want to be the best parent I can be, and I want to protect my children at all costs. Right. And I funnel a lot of it into this podcast. Let's talk about the topics that are getting under my skin. Let's talk about the topics that the black congregation of America needs to be more clear on, needs to be more aware on, needs to be taught about, Mm -hmm. right? And it helps me. Okay. You're also a black man in America. And so I'm going to assume that as a black man in America who cares enough. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. 
For centuries they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. To be a doctor to save people's lives to continue to live in America, that you also have to internalize some of what you see, and it makes you angry. How do you think you can use the combination of that anger and your education to impact our community moving forward? It's hmm. a good question. There was a point in time, it was, I think it was back to back, Alton Sterling and um, Philando, Philando Castile. Castile, right? Um, literally in the same week. Yeah. We uh, were on, my class was on like a, actually a, a field trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a week long field trip. And these things happened both on the field trip. Um, and I remember waking up after uh, Philando Castile, I think he was second. And I was just, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. It sent like, I was right. just like, what? what is life? And what is, right. I went down to breakfast in the hotel and like, you know, the vast majority of my cash are just, like I said, kikiing it up, just having a grand old time. It's a happy day here. (laughs) Oblivious. Right. Completely oblivious. And like me and my black classmates were like. Again. 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 Um, And it was, now we had some amazing faculty um, who were on the trip with us who who could tell that we were affected by something. And we were able to kind of talk things out. And uh, eventually we ended up like hosting um, uh, like a, an event and tried to get our whole class involved in it to talk about things like that, you know, things like police brutality, microaggressions right. that we deal with as black medical students. Right. Um, or, you know, not just like black students, but we ended up dealing with like all the different, you know, so like women in medicine and um, you know, and Hispanics and medicine, underrepresented minorities right. uh, and things of that nature. And so um, that kind of sprung up a conversation where I ended up talking to people that I probably didn't normally talk to. Right. Right. And it was just like, you know, because I'm typically a happy-go-lucky soul. And so right. when they saw me not yeah, so, Your energy is good. Right. You know, so when they saw me like, yo, what's going on? I was like, this is what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and it, 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 it is weighing on me. Um, and it doesn't weigh on you because it's not, you're not seeing yourself right. on the screen dealing with this stuff all the time. And so I feel like I've tried to do a better job of having those conversations where the opportunity presents itself. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do. Like I said, there's so many problems. There's yeah. only, you know, there's not one big solution. But as mm-hmm. an individual, right, if you can touch the people around you, and make that impact, then, you know, enough of us do that, we might get somewhere. That's it. Well, that's what we're doing tonight. You are touching a whole lot of people right now. So really noted. that's the end. Um, we always love to hand the mic to our guest to tell the people whatever it is that's on your heart to tell them. Um, 
feel free if you want to to provide contact information where they can follow your Twitter or whatnot. Again, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, it's, brother. Thank uh, you it's for been coming. an absolute pleasure. And uh, to uh, all the listeners out there, like I said, black, white, brown, Puerto Rican, the Haitian. <laughs> it don't matter who you are. We want hip hop nation. Anyway, some of y'all might get that reference. Some of y'all might not. That's okay. I'm just a guy like, who's trying to do my best. I happen to be black. I happen to have experiences of a black man and a black student doctor and now a black physician. And I think it's, it's been important for me to, one of the biggest things for me is trying to mentor the next generation so there's more of us. That way, you know, we don't feel like this oasis in the desert or like this one drop. I don't know how many younger listeners you have in there, or even if you are an older person who knows a younger um, underrepresented minority in medicine, specifically I'm talking to, to blacks and Hispanics and women. Right. Right. You can do it. Becoming a doctor is ridiculously difficult. It's very competitive. It can be done. All right. And it's really a matter of time. As in, the concepts themselves are not as difficult as people make them out to be. But you have to spend time working on them. It means you can't be out as much turning up. All right. But it can be done. I really want uh, to reach out to any young person uh, who's networked to anyone who's listening here and encourage them. Right. Ask them if they've ever thought about joining the medical field, whether that's to be a doctor, a PA, a nurse practitioner, a nurse, uh, social workers, right? Case yeah. management. Um, we need, we need all of them. Um, and so, you know, if you've had experiences where, you know, people are kind of focused on, you know, becoming an athlete or becoming a rapper, all those are good things as well. Right. But try to encourage um, our, you know, our youth to expand what they think is possible. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and really kind of go from there. And uh, I, I really hope, like I said, in 10, 15, 20 years from now, um, there's a lot more people that can sit behind this microphone and talk about Amen. what being a black doctor is like. Um, and I, I don't like being a, a rarity. Right. Right. You know, there, there's a part of you that's like, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, you know I'll tap my right. shoulder a little <laughs> bit and I'm doing my thing out here. You know, not a lot of people are doing it. Um, but I don't want that to be the norm moving forward. Right. Uh, and so um, let's encourage our youth out there. Y'all can do it. Um, if you are trying to holler at me, I'm on Twitter at Aga underscore Dr. Blue. That's O-G-A underscore D-O-C-T-O-R-B-L-U-E. Um, that's how you can get a hold of me. Um, and my DMs are open. And I'd love to answer any questions that you might have about neurology in general or about getting into the medical field. I cannot diagnose via Twitter. <laughs> I, after the Twitter thread, you'd be surprised. I had a lot of people try to be like, hey, I got this situation. Do you think this is... But you I got can't pictures diagnose. of lumps, bumps. Right. I, more than likely, what I'll tell you is like, man, it could be this, it could be this, but you should go see a neurologist is what I'm going to tell you at the end of the day. Uh, and so just keep that in mind. Um, but I look forward to hearing from you. And again, thanks for having me, Vince. Man, it's all good to have you here. Folks, he's telling you the truth. His DM is open. That is exactly how I got to him. The only thing I want to do is echo his statements of, you can do it. You literally can be whatever it is that you really want to be, as long as you're willing to put the work in that it takes to achieve that. 
Uh-huh. Um, peace. We out. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.